I will start, honestly. Hello and welcome. <laughs> start again. Hello and welcome to Sitcom Geeks. I'm James Carey. And I'm Dave Cohen. And we have two special guests on this uh, brand new episode of this podcast. We last spoke to them in episode 141, Producing Your Own Media. It was June 2020. The times were about as strange as they've gotten in living memory. That was the beginning of lockdown. We were speaking then and we speak today to um, inspirational DIY movie makers, uh, it says here in episode 141. Danny Stack and Tim Clegg. And it's brilliant that you guys are able to join us. Uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having us again. Always a pleasure. Always. It is always a pleasure. And I find you guys very inspiring. And I know that our listeners do too. And the reason for this podcast happening is because, Danny, you tweeted a picture of yourself looking into the middle distance at the Cannes Film Festival. Yeah. And I thought, what on earth is Danny doing at Cannes? I want to know, and I'm pretty sure our listeners do, why don't you explain why you guys were at the Cannes Film Festival. We're expecting that, that to be the home for Brad Pitt and Mike Lee, uh, but um, well, no disrespect is. to you. What are yeah. you guys doing there? We have a new film out. We made a new film, um, which we had completed filming but when we last spoke to you, but we hadn't completed post-production. So the good thing about uh, the pandemic and lockdown was... We had all that time to fiddle around in post-production. Yeah. So we eventually finished the film and it was ready earlier this year. So ready to take to Cannes, which is, and it was just like, well, all the restrictions have been lifted. Mm. And and uh, what is the film called? And what is it? Tell the film's called Future, Future TX. It's a, a sci-fi family adventure. It's about two kids who get their first mobile phones, but they receive a call from somebody who says, I'm calling from the future. And I need your help if the world is going to survive, basically. Um, so, and it stars Griff Rhys Jones, comedy legend, but in a great acting role, mm. and uh, a couple of kids, and uh, and then a few other comedy actors, actually Doug Cockle, and uh, Christos Lawson. Yeah, and, uh, great, it's a great movie. But the, I guess the the thing that your listeners probably need to understand about Can, because you're right when you talk about your Brad Pitt types and, and such, and, uh, and great filmmakers from all around the world, including, you know, great triumphs from uh, South Korea this year. But all of that is going on in the, in the Cannes Film Festival, okay? That's the red carpet. We've seen that on the telly. And um, those great steps going up to the cinema and, and people walk up these steps. And so so Future TX is not on that. We go down the other steps, right? <laughs> oh, yes, I remember because, that. Because in, down the steps in, is the film market, okay, which occurs at the same time as the film festival, uh, but is a kind of a sister event going on. And then the film market is where the finance chats are happening in terms of, Okay, so you've got a movie. Doesn't have to be one of the movies in the festival. Any movie can be our movie. We've got a movie. Who wants to, you know, take this movie and try and sell it in Canada, in South Africa, in wherever, wherever? And and of course, there's kind of ten times the number of people there for the market as there is for the festival. There's only so many films in the festival. About twenty or so normally, isn't it? In the actual festival lineup. Um, but in the market, of course, hundreds, thousands of movies, all your thrillers, horrors, Everything. comedy films, you know, crazy slapstick films, are kind of children's family movies, romance movies, TV star movies. I mean, there's people walking around saying, yeah, I represent a small streaming channel that covers, you know, middle of Africa. And they've got to start, have you got 30 horrors you can give us? <laughs> So when we're as writers, you know, we're being all precious about our material and trying to get a good script. Obviously, we should be trying to do that, not, not to. But it's nice to go there and realise the, the other end of that, which is like you're making a commodity that someone on that's got a little stand, like any trade show. If you've been to any trade show, you know, anywhere in the world, it's just like that. Someone's got a little booth and they're like, there's a booth, you know, and add our movie on it. And people walking past going, oh, that looks quite good. It's got Griff in it, has it? And he sold it yet to Australia. Oh, I'll see if we can sell it in Australia. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Okay. 
So um, what were you, so you have this movie and, you know, what are you trying to achieve uh, with the movie? You're trying to get deals and, and what's really changed since Nelson Nutmeg, which was your previous family movie. Mm. And it, you know, it seems to me that just the way you're describing it and people are saying, oh, I'm trying to sell this in those territories. In my head, I'm just thinking it's all Amazon and Netflix now, isn't it? I mean, is that, but that, uh, that obviously isn't the case. That's obviously a very yeah. you know, English speaking, Western centric view. Just yeah. tell us a little bit about the landscape, what's changed, but actually maybe what, what hasn't. Well, the process hasn't changed at all, James. So the process is the, is the same pretty much. I mean, there are, as can nerds, we've noticed a change, which is the fact that the market as the stalls was less busy because so much deals are being done online now. People have got used to working in that way. So there has been some changes in how things are happening. The streamers, that's a different customer, a different buyer, represents different territories, some of them worldwide, of course, now. So Netflix picks it up. They want all of it forever. There's no country specific normally for that. But that's just kind of like change, you know, that's tweaks to the model, really. It's still happening out there that people want content. They've got different ways. I mean, one of the interesting changes, especially, you know, if you're thinking about territory like India, is the big players for India in terms of Indian buyers are like your mobile phone companies. They want content. So they don't, they sort of offer the content direct. So if you your version of um, EE in India will have exclusive movies that you can only get and stream from EE and things like that. So wow. in, in a way, everything's changing, but in a way, it's still, there's a movie. Yeah. And there's people want to show the movie. So it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everything changes, but it stays the same. I mean, EE, just to say, finish off that thought, EE in India alone is bigger probably than the UK. You know, EE, a, con you know, a country of a billion people, the number of EE users pro is probably in the tens of millions, if not the hundreds of millions. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah, that's, you know, the, these are all huge markets, aren't they? The, the key word is market, isn't it? And, I mean, I, I only ever been to Cannes once about sort of 25 years ago I was doing a, a radio documentary um, and it was possibly the most fun that I've had in kind of 48 hours I was uh, uh, trailing these couple of uh, English guys who'd made their made their sort of uh, horror uh, slash horror movie for 200 quid and um, they they had absolutely no idea what to do and we had no idea we were just wandering around with a microphone uh bumping into people like Sigourney Weaver or Barry Norman and <laughs> um, and going oh right and how do we sell this film and um yeah uh, the um but the the, the 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 sense that i got and it sounds very similar now was you know as you say the the the, the keyword being market which is you know it, it it's like being on the on the trading floor isn't it i mean there's just so much kind of buying and it's all about buying and and selling um but I was interested there uh, to know one thing that I think probably has changed in recent years is is the kind of the ownership um, of intellectual property, and I was wondering how how much you get to uh, keep or how much you know how much of the battle you have when you're selling to these people how, to to kind of keep hold of your own uh, rights. You, you, you keep in the rights normally because mm. it's a license really what you're giving up there so you, you're kind of licensing your movie for 10 years to this company for this territory so you're retaining you know all your your, your rights to the picture and the rights of you know remakes and sequels and you're retaining all, at our level you're retaining all those things uh you're just licensing licensing the um the copyright you know the right to, to 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 copy that in in various territories so uh it's not it that's never really the issue the issue is always just about how much can you get for it it comes back to that really because we want to make a profitable film um so that we can um make another you know that's that's uh, we're not we're not kind of being greedy about it but obviously if we can say our our film as um made some money it's it's much easier for us to raise money for the next one and the one after and and so on so it's normally a figures thing more than a um what you're signing your life away yeah
And I guess you can now do all that again uh, because you've done it before. And each time you're yeah. just coming in with a slightly stronger thing because you've made more money. I mean, what what's the what what's the kind of budget of the picture are we kind of talking here? Um, you know, it's still to, it's still a small it's still a small budget. Yeah, thing. like um, it's sort of four or five times Nelson yeah. Nutmeg level. Yeah, um, but um, you know, it's still you know very small in terms of other yeah. films out there. It's, but of course, actually. When you go to Cannes, I mean, you don't get so many of those guys now, Dave, unfortunately. I mean, I used to love bumping into the 200-pound horror movie guys. You know, in the <laughs> like you followed around. I love those guys. You don't see them so much anymore, so, but you are, but they are still there. So you you go, well, at least we're above those guys now. <laughs> so yeah. you, do feel, you do feel you're moving up slightly. You've got a legitimate film now, you know, and, uh, you know, good movie to watch. Nothing uh, embarrassing. You don't have to excuse anything with it. It's yeah. a good film you know and uh that feels better but it's still small in terms of the um the grand scheme of things you know that's the thing james yeah. it's still small we don't want anyone thinking we've made a big picture here you know it's yeah. still uh, it's still low budget it's just not micro budget we've kind yeah. of moved on so and from from the business point of view and people might be interested in this is like there's a system in place really in terms of um you can turn up and try and sell your own film but that's not ideal. Uh, you want you want a sales agent doing that on your behalf, and that's important. And then the sales agent will um, sell it to a distributor or buyers and things like that. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the kind of business system that's in place because they are established uh, industry people with good relationships. Yeah, um, is that what you had? Yeah, yeah. We so we spent. I mean, the Cannes Film Festival is in May, so we spent all of April getting trying to find a sales agent. Essentially, just just as a, you know, I mean, we were probably tr trying a couple of months, mm. you know, it means like reaching out to sales agents, showing them the film, asking them, would they be interested in representing it? Um, that kind of thing. And that takes a while. So it was probably a couple of months. Uh, but then we got a sales agent who took it to Cannes. And so we were only there to back them up, really, rather than us doing any hard selling ourselves. Um, and so we could be there to network and hustle other people uh, or other opportunities because there are opportunities there even though it's a market to sell finished films you can get to know producers and uh, other companies who might need a writer or you know they might be interested in developing a film or whatever it might be um, so that's that's the business side of things are you I, also I, oh, sorry i was just going to ask are you also able to offer them your your back uh your back catalog uh, in you know does that, that we're applicable i guess you, you, yeah you yeah could... there's i mean there's no you do you know everything can be sorted out with the contract that's what we always say like hmm. it, you know where if people want to make things happen let's try and make it happen um it probably means there's fees to be sorted out and licenses to be taken back or renegotiated whatever you know hmm. I, I mean the first time you know, just thinking about what's applicable to listeners here. The first time um, I went, the first time Danny went back in um, 2006, sort of time, seven, we were both just kind of mooching about more as writers. You know, we hadn't made a movie by that point. And, uh, you know, it's still worth going, I think, just as a writer, isn't it, Danny? But not, we don't see many writers there. No. I mean, I, I pretty much just met Tim at that point. And mm. you had been before, but I hadn't been. And it's not that it's intimidating, but it can be overwhelming hmm. uh, your first time there, especially with the amount of activity yeah. going on and, and, and the way, markets and the yeah. premieres and stuff. So it's, uh, but it is good to go and yeah. just see the lay of the land, see how it works. You can get meetings with people. Uh, you can get free drinks at places. <laughs> very important. Um, I guess you need to get the overwhelmingness out of the way whilst there's not very much at stake, isn't it? It's, you just want to go yeah. and look around so that when you go back a year or two later, with something you're not just trying to figure out where everything is and how to how to talk can yeah uh, you've it. sort yeah, of you've, you've sort of found your way around and, and know what's going on the same i would say the same with regard to the edinburgh festival i have oh, no yeah, idea i was just gonna say yeah. yeah exactly the same yeah. uh, as edinburgh you kind of go up there uh, for a, the first time and it's just a complete mystery you know yeah. you turn you turn up you are like a like a space traveler yeah but you know after about three or four days you kind of just about work out yeah, your yeah. way around. Mm. So, um, would you say did did you have a successful uh, 
can. Is it okay for us to ask that? Too soon, man. Too soon. Yeah, because uh, it's always good to go anyway, just for uh, a kind of energizing um, buzz, really, in terms of if you're feeling that you need a bit of invigoration about the business or your or your career. We had much more positive chats about our next movies than we thought we would do, because we were kind of going along with supporting Future TX and the sales agent, and uh, but they don't really need it. I don't need our help, hmm. <laughs> but um, we thought we'd have a couple of chats while we're there. But in fact, those turned into quite um, positive discussions where we got there. People were like, yeah, no, no, this sounds really good. The the, the next couple of uh, features. So uh, that was a nice surprise for us. With Future TX, the talks are still ongoing. So we've got no news to share like here because uh, the talks are still ongoing following mm. on from. Yeah can because that was really its first market so people are like i've never heard of this mm. you know when they're walking around they're like what's that i've not heard of it so then, of course they've got to go back watch the movie and discuss it and all this is still going on of course so it's part of a strategy because what tends to happen again just to fill people in is it's part of a, a kind of a market circuit so you go from um you go from uh can then there's also the AFM, the American film market. There's Berlin, that's another strong uh, film market. Some people do um, uh, Toronto as well. Some people, if they're more in animation, they go to Annecy Festival. So, you know, there's like kind of, and, and almost what's quite common is that you go to your first market, everyone's like, okay, yeah, yeah, they go back and check it. The deal might not land till the second or third market, when people are like, yeah, I've, I've thought about it now, I've checked it out. And so these things always take longer than you imagine they will as well, you know, yeah. at our level. Yeah. If, if you've got a big movie, big names in it, you've sold it before you've made it. Yeah. But we're not talking about that, you know, at our level. We're talking about you make it and then you're doing your deals after. Hmm. So therefore it takes a bit longer. It must be good. I mean, it's good to be there with a sales agent there in the sense that you've got a wingman, wingwoman, uh, wing person. Uh, yeah. who, in, in, but in a way, that, that just makes you look good, that you've got a film that's currently with someone, they're doing that, and you're on to the next thing. I mean, that just yeah. makes you look like you're legit, that you know what you're doing, that you've yeah. got some credibility. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's a really strong move. The question I was going to ask about... Um, the fact that you've got a movie out and obviously we're, we're a, you know, this is the sitcom geeks podcast. And although we, we love movies, um, sitcom and comedy drama and, and, and telly is where it's at for us. Did you get any sense of, um, the market for TV versus the market for movies is, is in any way preferential. I mean, it felt as a consumer, at least that you either had zero budget movies or, uh, a 1.5 billion, um, movie about superheroes and there wasn't really much in between and everything else in between was telly you know whereas actually streaming services and stuff now they want movies just feels like it's a bit more even now do you get any sense of that i i feel like there's just uh, the, the that boundary now is so blurred mm. you know between i mean i mean not between what's tv and the movie but between like quality scope scale you know, you've got, again, the streamers have sort of completely blown out of the water. What is the format of something? So we've been watching a lot of Amazon Prime series here, and those seem, you know, a few of those have been eight times one hours. That's mm. a bit strange. But, you I mean, you can have, like, and a half episodes of things now. You know, you can have 40-minute episodes, 15-minute, it's like whatever. You know, yeah. well, one's 30 and the next one's 50. It's like, it's like, it doesn't, yeah. it's whatever seems to go anymore now. So yeah. I think that kind of the streamers of sort of, is it TV, is it movies? It's sort of in between. It feels much more fluid. I'm sure you guys have discussed this, you know, before, but it just feels much more um, uh, like yeah. a, the barrier between those is dissolving, yeah. slightly, you know? Yeah. I think there's still a strong genre sense of, you know, a half hour situation comedy where you'll sort of all know what that is and what the rules of the game are. But yeah. the moment you're outside of that, it's, you know, all bets are off. Yes. Uh, but in a way, 
my advice is always you need to know what it is so that you can explain it. You know, oh, it's a long running murder mystery series, but it's also a thing. You know, it's it's this, but that or it's this and that yeah. um, rather than just it, it, it's it's never been done before. It's completely unique. It's like, no, it's, it, no, it no. has. Um, it yeah, certainly yeah. appears that the era of this beats that. It certainly yeah. feels like that, you know, like um, the rise almost of much more in the comedy drama mm. um, kind of thing. I mean, I've been watching um, Upload at the minute, you know, which is kind of half hour. So it's sort of which Amazon Prime show, sort of half hour sitcom E, but it's also philosophical about the nature of life and the afterlife. You know, like, what well, what's this then? You know, I mean, it's... Uh, but it, it ticks the boxes of a sitcom because it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a half-hour show, you know, that's a series. So. Oh, I should give that a go. I've, I'm about to finish Stranger Things Series 4, so I'm in the market right. for... Well, it's an antidote to that, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't it Greg Daniels with comedy pedigree? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then something like Hacks, which is also on Amazon Prime, that's quite clearly a comedy series. It's not a comedy drama, I don't think. Even yeah. though I think a lot of things can straggle the comedy drama kind of mm. tone. Uh, so yeah. how, how does that affect you in terms of um, the, the um, obviously you're trying to get another movie made, but in the meantime, kind of uh, to, to kind of keep yourself, keep yourself going, really, I suppose. Are you are you uh, making and pitching like short series, half hour episodes, comedy dramas? What, what how, how does your how does your day kind of uh, go on, go on when you're not actually out there physically selling your movie? Yeah, I focus on I focus on the movies for ourselves, um, and what we're doing. And we're, funnily enough, um, uh, the next one we're going to do is 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 more of a comedy, you know, family comedy movie. Um, but uh, uh, then our sort of day to day thing as writers is focused more on um, the children's sector and animation. So that's our kind of uh, uh, writers for hire acts on. Hmm. Um, which is comedy, but in a different way than you yeah, would categorize yeah. it. It's not, yeah. I mean, you can get kids sitcoms and stuff, but it's like, maybe it's considered lesser form, but you know, when, really? you, say, when you say writing for kids, you don't think writing comedy or sitcom, even though a lot of it is comedy driven. Yeah, I was going to um, say, nearly all of it's got comedy at some point. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So we do a lot of writing children's animation, yeah, scripts, which tend to be about 11 minute episodes, usually. Um, um, you know, we've written our own half-hour children's comedy stuff as specs, mm. but we haven't looked to make them ourselves. We've kind of pitched them to other people to see if they want to make them. Uh, how would how would you describe the current state of, um, say, commissioning for writing for kids? Well, kids TV or kids animation? Um, Both, I suppose. Really, it, it's. I mean, there's such a demand because there's so much that dreaded word content it's boom time for content for films and tv and especially in kids tv it's like there's so many animation shows being made and there's so many animation shows in demand you know in terms of they want more and you get to do a lot of them like it's usually about 52 episodes for season one um which is or 26 half hours um so it is a boom time. It, there's a lot of good opportunity in children's TV mm. and it's a lot more open than say prime time in terms of the barriers that you may experience. So if anybody's listening and is, thinks, Oh, I could give kids TV a go, maybe give it a serious look. It's still as kind of challenging or as demanding in terms of getting the opportunity, but you'll find that the, there won't be as many gatekeepers to tell you to go away. Yeah. Uh, you, you could, you could email a producer and, ask if you can pitch an idea or would they read your script and they'd probably say yes. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you did that with like, I don't know, the producers of Killing Eve, they'd probably tell you to go away. Uh, yes. Or they, yeah. <laughs> they already have spam filters for people like you. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So, it's yeah. generally more welcome. I mean, I've got to say you like you, I know I'm preaching to the converted totally, but I have to say like the hardest writing that anyone can attempt is really your sitcom, your half hour sitcom. I mean, mm. it's just, so hard you know and yeah. i think if if um people are getting really good at that yeah then they will find that there's other opportunities they can go for because like if you can if you can make it there you can make it anywhere 
You know, yeah. I mean, is 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 really what I'm feeling about it. Yeah. Uh, been reading a few sitcom. Uh, some local guys sent me their script um, recent, you know, and they're trying to get better at it. And it's just like I'm not saying that script was was like bad. It was on its way. It was yeah. good. It, the premise was okay. And it, but it's just like yeah, because it's really really hard, you know, yeah. to balance characters, the plot, the gags, keep it moving fast, keep it contained. Yeah. I mean, it's like almost one part of it contradicts the other. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like really really tough. So I think um, yeah, there are so know, many there are so many ways to go wrong, and it only needs yeah. a little bit of you know fish sauce and the blancmange, and it's just like ah. Oh, uh, this yeah. is now uh, this is now totally unpalatable yeah um yeah no it's true the, in terms of i can't help feeling as a dad of two girls who are 14 and 12 i don't feel there's much for them these days so i think you say it's a boom time for animation so there's tons of stuff for under 11s my kids really struggle to find stuff to watch and they've basically given up on kids tv completely oh, yeah. we yeah. just watch the repair shop uh, the sewing bee, um, and you know, inside the factory, uh, eat well for less. And then for stories, they have books and audio books, um, because they're just not getting much off the television. They, uh, Disney Plus had a, a remake of Turner and Hooch as a series, and my daughter absolutely loved it. And then they axed it after one series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So all you know, the sort of kid-friendly sitcom stuff. There was um, an Australian series um, as well. Uh, I can't remember what it was called. The, the, the Somethingables. I can't remember. It was, um, it, yeah. But it was just mm. like, you know, all that. That's the kind of stuff that I would love to do and I'd love to write. And I, you know, I script edited uh, the first series of Almost Never, the CBBC show. Um, and I wrote an episode of series two, but there's not much else like that around. It just feels like CBBC sort of make one or two of those a year and that's your lot. And if you don't like it, well. I think you're really talking there though about, you know, the, the young adult content. Yeah. You really, what you're, I mean, and it feels like it's sort of technically within the remit of CBBC, but not, not, not really. I don't think it should be their bag really. Yeah. I, think, I think it's, um, I mean, it's not a surprise, was it, that over lockdown, or maybe it was just before, I can't remember, but, you know, amongst that age group, that the re-release of Friends was the number one yeah. show. They want the they want the, the, the slightly grown-up, but it's yeah. still a bit silly content. They can feel grown-up watching it because it's about relationships and stuff, yeah. but it, there's, never, there's not going to be anything like... Um, too too grown up in there, too offensive. You know, the Big Bang Theory was very popular amongst that age group yeah. as well. You know, and I think that's the content they're, they're drawn to, sort of um, beginner relationship yeah. kind of uh, stuff. You know, I yeah, think yeah. That's well, I, that's why I've, I've sort of got them onto Frasier now. So, um, well, there you yeah. go. Even better. At least <laughs> well, it's got a bit um, of Yeah. <laughs> With, where, whereabouts apart from CBBC then? Uh, I mean, I know um, you know there's a, a Lion have been making a lot of um, or, or a lot of the people on from Horrible Histories have been doing things like um, uh, Dennis the Menace and Danger Mouse and those kind of shows. But where, whereabouts do you do you go to kind of pitch your your uh, animation um, wares? If you've got a new animation show yourself, I just just for anyone who you know. For, with, with, the, with the production companies so not not forget yeah. the broadcasters because what happens is again just to sort of fill people in on the, the headline business side of it is that a product you know any animation or any show really is normally funded by about three or four broadcasters hmm. so they're they're minority shareholders in the project in a way um so even if it's nickelodeon or something you know um so it's about finding the production company, not the broadcaster, because the production company is bringing together those different pots of money to make the show, and they're in charge of who's 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 going to be the writer through the head writer. You know, so they've got the head writer, and then the head writer will be bringing in their team of writers. So it's finding that person really, the mm. producer or the head writer, if it's moved along to that stage, and just saying, you know, are you looking for? Yeah. You're looking for writers and having a good sample that you yeah. can send. You know, same as I guess that's the same with you guys in the grown-up. 
with the yeah. grown up. It, it all, and in fact, it's the same in in every genre <laughs> and every medium. Really, is like you want to find someone who can help you take it on to the next thing. So you're not going to go from a standing start to a Netflix special, yeah. uh, but you could go from a standing start to a critically acclaimed Edinburgh Fringe show. Yeah. And then you could go from an Edinburgh Fringe show to a, you know, a TV, uh, you know, appearances on Mock the Week. Yeah. And you could yeah, go yeah. from Mock the Week to a successful tour and then from a successful tour to a Netflix special. But, th- you know, that's a that's a 12-year plan. So, you know, h- how do I do the next thing, isn't it? And so whatever the project is, you want to find a producer who who is into you and your work, what you've done, your project, and then then you've got their connections, you know, um, and then they're trying to find a commissioner uh, who likes their stuff, you know, and that all that kind of stuff. So it's just and and, and, and to celebrate every stage of that change, you know. Yeah. So like um, we were looking at, I can't even remember why we were looking. We were looking at various um, uh, directors and their work, and um, with, uh, you know, I was looking at one director's CV who'd done like you know some real high end. Uh, shows directed a few episodes some high-end shows the next thing experimental short film because they wanted to go back to do something where they weren't you know being told what to do what this is the tone of the show that we've got that you're one director out of a dozen you know they wanted to try something different and push themselves and I think you know sometimes it's the most exciting stage is when you've got those early shows Edinburgh Fringe shows you do anything you can do anything. No, there's no pressure, no expectation. No, is it going to be better than the last one? You're just like doing it for the pure kind of uh, creative output of it. And for us, it's like the same, like with a low budget movie, a short film, whatever it is, it's almost like, yeah, let's just kind of do what we want and do it for the creativity of it. You know, that can be sometimes where the most exciting work comes out of. So every stage of that growth process is exciting in a different way. And uh, of course, I mean, I think of you guys very much as the sort of early pioneers of that, of, of what, what, what is now being uh, given this name of uh, the creator economy. And I know even in the two years since we last spoke, um, that that has kind of grown uh, immensely. So uh, in a sense, there is more that, that there f- it feels like there are um more possibilities for somebody to kind of take the path that you guys have taken but you you've been doing it for years so you're kind of on the you you know you you know you know where you are you're you're pretty much certainly when it comes to the movies you are in control of uh your careers and um it probably doesn't feel like that though the way you said you're in control of your careers it's like oh so somebody tell that to my agent Uh, but i mean more i mean it more in terms of you aren't uh, writing a film script and sending off an email and hanging on for three months waiting for someone to say, "Oh, sorry, oh no, I never read it." Sorry, you you know. So, but what what the, the question I'm kind of coming towards now is if someone in 2022 who would like to have this kind of career that you've got, which is okay, I'm a writer for hire, yeah. But how do how would they now? Do you think sort of get on those sort of first steps? Uh, what 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 would be the kind of quickest route for them? Do you think to get on those first steps so that they at least have areas of their work where they ha- retain control? Online, I'd have thought is the short answer, Dave. You know, I think um, I think there's such a if you like a comedy guy, you know, especially if you're like a comedy performer, I think you know you definitely got to be capturing that online space in whatever way, whatever platforms, you know. Don't, I don't care about that, but let's just say YouTube, right? But it could yeah. be any of the others. But just sort of doing those uh, skits, sketches, building those kind of characters in a Ricky Gervais way with his sleazy boss character, you know, like just doing a character and building up almost situations that could occur. I think that's got to be one way to do it. And then yeah. say you've done that for a bit and you're feeling you've done a bit of that, you're doing a bit of writing and you want to go into the longer form thing. I think we speak to a lot of people that are in that position. They're like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm directing episodes of Casualty or whatever, you know, but how, I want to direct a movie. And we're like, yeah, we'll direct a movie then. Yeah. You no, know, because it's like, 
but they're like yeah but where's who do i get for the money for that like oh no 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 that's the wrong <laughs> you've got to stop doing the casualty yeah when they phone up you say no i'm doing a movie and then you go and do a movie and of course that's too high risk for a lot of people they don't want to stop doing something to start doing something else but sometimes it's got to you've got to do that there's a, an analogy of uh, uh it's like a, a change model you know for, you can apply it to any business it's like say you're on the top of a hill and you want to go on top of the mountain you've got to go down the hill to go up the mountain and right. not people don't want to risk that they'd rather stay on the top of the hill look at the mountain but stay on the hill that's all right as well i'm not having to go like something yeah. you know keep keep doing what you're doing if it's working for you do you know what i mean like yeah. you do have to risk going down to do the climb but that is what it does take you can't go from a hill to a mountain because actually that just meant you were halfway up the mountain do you see what i mean yeah yeah like if there is another thing to climb you do have to go down to climb it again so uh it's difficult to always get that across to people that there's that you know you, you can do it but you've got yeah. to and there, up. and there are seasons of life to do that and when your kids are small exactly. yeah. you might not want to do that because exactly. you want to put food on the table you don't want to miss them but there are other times when you know before you have kids or after they've left the nest or whatever it is or they start going to school or you just go okay there's it's never the right time but if there was a time then now is the time exactly. um, to you know hold exactly. your nose and take the plunge and see what happens exactly but, well you got you, i mean on an actionable level you've got to get involved you know, you can't be in the outside looking in. And I people might say, yeah, but how do you get the inside looking out? It's just like you just got to get involved in whatever capacity. Mm. And that might mean sucking eggs for a while, not literally, or maybe quite literally. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's There's a YouTube Edinburgh channel show. right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, say if you're just this, the stagehand for an Edinburgh show, you know, the people you'll meet in that month will be the people that you'll work with for years, possibly, mm. um, and that you'll end up directing a show for or whatever. So as soon as you start getting involved, that's where you like, hmm. you know, meet like-minded people. Um, they can see that you're a good person. Uh, all these things have a cumulative or I didn't say that correctly, but that doesn't matter. Uh, you know, there's consequences uh, to your actions in a very uh, grand karma like way. So, yeah, if you can get if you can get involved, things will happen. Sorry, back to like where we started with can and your analogy of the Edinburgh Festival, it's just like, what a great place to go to, either of those, to be like having almost like this podcast chat that we're having with everyone that you meet. I mean, that is the thing when you go to Cannes or you go to Edinburgh, it's like you might be bumbling about in your town, you know, whatever. You're, you're living in Nottingham or something and you're like, I don't know many other writers here, whatever it is, you know. You go there, everyone's at it. You know, everyone's doing something, they're performing, they're an actor, they're a stand-up, they're a writer, they're a director, they're a producer, they're an assistant too, they're, a, they're an agent. They're, like, everyone's there for the business. So you've got, gonna, you know, you're not going to trip over someone that isn't, no one's going to be like, I'm a welder. You know, like, like everyone <laughs> yeah. there is going to be involved in some manner. Oh, dear. Do you, uh, sorry, do you weld on YouTube? No, <laughs> no. Oh, but well, maybe I should. do, actually, yeah. 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 I've got, a, I've got my... A bit of comedy welding, a yeah. bit of comedy welding, right? But, yeah. you know, <laughs> joining two yeah. genres together. But yeah. I did the welding the, awards. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it's um, like, it's, um, it, you know, that's like sort of Danny saying is like, just get just get out there. You know, even if you're not at the stage yet to go and be a, a stagehand, like just go and speak to people about... What, what 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 is the biz? Do we should we work on something together? Let's get. A, I mean, like we're working together. We weren't born together. Do you, do you know? Do you know what I mean? But we just networked and found each other. And I think that's what it, that's what everyone should be doing is just trying to find those colleagues. You know. Yeah, if I can pick you up then on that word uh, networking, because about it's about a year ago, I think Danny, you you. Uh, I happen to be luckily scrolling through Twitter at the point that you put up this really interesting uh, thread about networking for writers um, and it was good and very long and thorough you don't need to go through uh, all of it for, for, for now but but I've, there's lots of really great advice in there could you like in a couple of minutes 
sum up for somebody who like who's a writer who will never go to Edinburgh and never want to perform or anything but what what sort of networking tips do you give to new writers well I mean I think I mean just in terms of this conversation what we were saying about oh you know you guys are you've been doing it for years or whatever it's like from my point of view especially from the writing it's like every day is day one and every day I've got to network. Every day I've got to reach out to producers that don't know me and have never heard of me. Um, and then I've got to reach out to the producers who I have worked with or have heard of me. Um, and so I think that's been the key thing for me as a writer in, in realizing the value and importance of constant networking because it never stops. And it just means at the most basic level, sending out an email, introducing yourself. Even if you're brand new with no experience, just telling them, um, you know, why you're contacting them and what you want to achieve and what you want out of this email exchange at the most basic level. Um, and then it could be a telephone call or it could be somebody you meet in person at a festival or a follow up chat or a Zoom chat now, as, as many things are. And that's easier for a lot of people. And you just never know where these things lead. And sometimes they take time and sometimes you think oh it's a bit pointless but then three years later that contact is paying off in a way that you never saw coming um you know the producer of our next film is somebody i emailed out of the blue 10 years ago um and now she's you know 10 years later she's down as producer on our next film um and you know i just emailed her out of the blue saying i'm a new writer are you do you need do you need a writer for your animation show and she was like actually i do um, and that was the start of our relationship there. Um, so you, a lot of things can be right time, right place, but at the at, at the same time, they might not feel like it when when it when it does occur. Um, and even like working with Tim and, and building the relationship that we have, that all started, I think, because of a podcast we did together, um, similar to you and um, and uh, James. So and then it just kind of naturally snowballed into you know, let's do, I need help with this corporate gig or whatever it was. And then let's make Nelson Nutmeg and things seem to be working and we're having a laugh, whatever, let's just continue it. And that, you know, uh, it's just built and developed into that. So um, I'm saying all this because I can't remember what I said in my Twitter thread, Dave. <laughs> well, it would have been something along those lines. Well, there was a lot of that, and there was there was that that thing. I mean, that's something that really stuck with me as well. That that well, you said about uh, you look on being in touch with contacts as much as an important aspect of your work as you know sitting down and, and writing and coming up with with new stuff. And I think that's a really uh, and I mean I don't do it enough. I know. Well, I've got a lockdown anecdote for you because, you know, the first six months of lockdown in the first lockdown, I, you know, I didn't have any work at all dried up for me. And um, so I, you know, decided to email people that didn't know me or I didn't even know them. I'd never heard of them. So it was like through a database that um, an, an online database that you can pay for. Um, and I just went through producers names and what they had done. And I, and I emailed people and I got out a spreadsheet and kind of made note of who i was emailing and when and stuff and if they replied but there was about 100 people in the end or maybe actually There's sorry more, it was more. 200 in the end so i emailed 200 people over the course of a month and i got maybe like 30 to 50 replies and then maybe five to ten of them were like decent conversations or worthwhile and then one or two actually led to work um so that was all very kind of worthwhile but it was literally starting from scratch from zero i mean obviously I was lucky enough to have credits to say, look, I'm, I have a, some experience. Um, but these were people that I didn't know and they didn't know me. And they were, you know, all around the world. Uh, it's not just UK based. You can you can contact anyone now, anywhere. You can work for anyone. Um, so it, it is worth it. And I think we've always said, if you're nice, if you're normal, uh, you know, you should be you should be all right. You should be OK. I think that's something I've learned a lot. Um, I listened to uh, Cal, Cal Newport's got a podcast and a YouTube channel and we've talked about deep work and a whole load of his stuff over the last few years. He's written stuff about productivity um, and just through listening to that and people like Tim Ferriss, there's an element of really focus on, you know, give, t give energy and time to the things that will actually pay 
big rewards and dividends. So take the time to do something that might actually be helpful. And you might you may need to keep doing it for a while rather than being distracted and constantly picking at this and that and not really uh, focusing on anything. You can't, you know, you can't focus on everything. So focus on a few things. And like that's a great idea of just like, I decided to email 200 people who, who might be a game changer and I'm going to, and I'm going to talk to, talk to each one of them as if they're the only person I'm talking to and take the time rather than just a general CC. Here I am. This is me. CV attached, blah, blah, blah. It's yeah, like, no, yeah, exactly. no, no one wants to receive that. No, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. No, 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 so, no. but th therefore that there's no substitute for just taking the time and the trouble to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to set up a tour. I do a show called water into wine, which is why Jesus changes water into wine. And so I'm really make it with jokes. And I'm really, um, that's not how he changes water into wine with jokes, uh, but that's, that's what the show is. But, you know, it's a question it's a magic of like, act. you know, it takes place in churches and I need to reach out of my network and just go and just work out from their point of view, what are they looking for for me as a, how can I solve a problem for them? Which is we'd like a lighthearted evening, uh, which we don't normally get. And, you know, all that. So I just need to think about it from their perspective Brilliant. How can I help them solve a problem? Yeah, um, and that just takes a bit of time just to get your head into those yeah, things. Yeah, so yeah. I think also it's identifying, like, as a, as almost like with your business hat on. Yeah, you know, you're a writer as a businessman in a way. Mm. You know, most people listening are doing it. They want to do it as a job. You know, they want mm. this as their career. And as a business owner, you're thinking, what is it I don't have? So if you've already got some really great spec scripts, don't write another spec script. You've got that. What yeah. you don't have is a bunch of people to send it to. So stop doing that and let's start doing this. And I think it's just identifying what is it that you need to do, what's missing from your equation, you know, and, and focusing on that and just trying to yeah. get your head down and fix it, you know. Yeah. And uh, I think it, there is, you know, it's a bit hard at the start. You know, um, let's not pretend it, it isn't. But I think in the end, we've kind of just kind of it's just become part of our day to day now of like, you know, who, who we who we reaching out to today? Who have we spoken to and we've forgotten about? You know, we've started. I know this sounds so boring. I really appreciate that. All listeners. Right. Yeah. It sounds so boring. But we've started this database now, you know, of people and we put reminders in. So we're like, oh, yeah, we talked to that person two months ago. And um uh, you know, we've just like kind of let that go. Mm. We've sort of done the hard work of reaching out and they've replied and then we've sort of forgotten about it again. And that's like the number one thing that happens to most writers is they have a, they send an email, they do that hard part, they get a response and then they kind of forget about that and they move on to like, oh, else can I look for? It's just like, yeah, these emails, they get at the bottom, they get forgotten about. It's like following mm. up with people is the number one thing you can do to to to, to maximize yeah. your success. You know, you've done the hard, you've done the hard work. Yeah, uh, it and is, it's a, it's important yeah. as well. I I think from a, almost from you know when you're starting out and from a mental health point of view, actually, you know, a lot of people they they kind of hinge everything on the one script. You know, mm. this is the script that I want to make. This is the person who I want to produce it. And so you've got this kind of idea, you, you put so much kind of uh, me mental pressure on yourself and on this one item. Whereas if you, uh, you know, like you said, if you have a spreadsheet and you're sending it to, to 20 people and you know that the one person you really, really want hasn't replied yet, number two has replied and rejected it, number three has said, oh, I quite like this, let's have a meeting, number four. And, and already it's taken that kind of uh, pressure off. It's turned, like you say, it turns it into... A business thing and again that again that's something that's changed very much for me in, mm. in recent years is, is to is to have a more kind of business-like approach and uh which, which is hard for writers because mm. writers are not <laughs> generally do not have business heads no we, we appreciate that but one of the things that happens to both me and danny that might, might inspire people to look at it more in this way is we've sent our scripts to people and they've said no <laughs> but but, but I like what you've done here. Mm. This isn't even us writing together. This is us separate. They go, I like, I like what you've done. Um, would you have a look at this for me? You know? And suddenly you've got like a writing job. You know? You yeah. had your script and now you've got a writing job with money. 
you know so yeah. i think that's uh, a great great place to be you mean you've still got to do that work you still got to reach out you still got to have that great script it's got to be a good example for them to like it to to trust you with yeah. their project but i think it's not always about your script it can be about i think you you, hmm. you, you know we've all said it individually on this podcast today it's like you like your example james particularly it's like how can i help you hmm. Like I've written this, but really, you know, I'm also, I'm up for the writing work, you know, and we always say that to people, even when we're talking about our idea, we're like, this is our idea for our new movie, but, you know, we're always around, we're always mm. right, we're always available for writing work, directing work, if you've got something you need help with, just, you know, count us in, you know, yeah, we're yeah. up for it, and it's just remembering to say that, I know it seems obvious, but people don't often say that, you know, yeah. they're open for business. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, as uh, expected, go on, uh, go on, mate, go for it. Well, I was just going to say as well, I mean, the most important thing to remember as well is to be consistent and effective with your networking. Don't just think, oh, I'll send an email and that's it. And, oh, I never got a reply. He's a twat or whatever. <laughs> it's, it's like, for uh, as an example, you could have sent an email and say to me, and I'm like, oh, I must reply to that. That was a good email. But I've, you know, got busy or whatever. And then I go on Twitter and then that same person is, subtweeting me or, or tweeting me going you never reply yeah check your emails you gumshot or whatever <laughs> uh, i'll be like oh i'm not going to reply to that now it's yeah, just like yeah. but, if, if, but if that person had made a joke or responded to a tweet in a positive funny way or whatever i'd be like oh yeah that's that guy i must email yeah. um or even just send follow it up with you or send just it again or just follow it up or whatever yeah, send it again i mean i don't know if i've said it on this podcast i must have said it publicly before but the, the reason why i got thunderbirds uh was because I made a personal connection with the producer via email, you know, who didn't, she didn't know me beforehand, but I, yeah. I emailed and reached out to her and everybody in the biz was trying to get the gig of Thunderbirds. Um, I thought you were going to say you had a personal connection with the head of international rescue. There, there you <laughs> go. But I managed, I managed to make her laugh while she was jet lagged, you know, yeah. and cause the joke was really poor. <laughs> I've tried it since it hasn't got me another gig. Uh, go back. Yeah. But she was just like, that, that made me laugh. And uh, and then it got into a conversation where it was just like, I'll introduce you to the head writer. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm writing for Thunderbirds and everybody's looking at me going, how'd you get that? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. I just made a poor joke on email and it kind of landed. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say you pulled a few strings. To, to, uh, <laughs> that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm well, sorry. Okay. We're not going to top that. So we should probably wrap things up there. Right. Um, just for the sake of our patrons, I'd love you just to give us a couple more minutes. I'd love to know um, how you go about writing a family movie. Um, so I'm just going to ask you that when we finish uh, this main podcast and it gives people a bit of an incentive to sign up to Patreon. Oh, yeah. uh, but um, thanks guys so much. As expected, you're a complete shot in the arm, uh, really revitalizing. And I'm sure our listeners are really encouraged and will. Uh, this is what can is like. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, yes, always, you can. I always come away from conversations with you guys just feeling recharged and revitalized. Yeah. And so uh, let, let's let's talk again next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Same time next week. Sign up to our Patreon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Thanks very much for listening and we'll speak to you next time. Cheerio. Bye. Thank you.